the Awareness Revolution Podcast, where we bring you alternative views on big topics that affect just about everyone. If you want to improve your life and change the world, then stay tuned. You'll hear cutting-edge health, financial, and personal development strategies from a revolutionary perspective. Warning, listening may take you outside your comfort zone, separate you from the pack, and change the way you see the world. Here's your host, Jeremy Kinney. I've got a really special episode for you guys today. This one's going to be unique, and I'll never do another episode like this again. That's quite some hype there, but it's true, and that's because this one was recorded 16 years ago. That's right. When I um, first was getting into the music business, I wanted to practice recording and just see how I sounded and have me something to edit. So I just quickly put together all my thoughts on personal development, some of the greatest things that I knew off the top of my head, and I recorded it, and I burned it onto a CD and gave it out to some friends and family members. Back then, I wanted to be a public speaker. I wanted to be an author, but I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know how to get started. You know, this was around 2004, so it was a long time ago. And I was So I was in my early 20s, and, you know, I just didn't feel like I was old enough therefore wise enough, experienced enough to speak on subjects or to get booked to speak. And, you know, I didn't have, um, YouTube didn't exist and maybe I had a computer. Um, I, I had just gotten a computer and didn't really know anything about it or the internet. So, yeah, so this is really unique in that sense. And it's the only recording that I have like this because I didn't do anything else after that unfortunately I wish I would have continued to record my thoughts because I continued learning but I didn't keep making content like this you know I didn't have an avenue to um, distribute it but you know you can learn from my mistake learn you know if, if this maybe maybe sounds like you today Maybe you think that you don't have what it takes. You're not old enough. You're not smart enough. You're not um, as experienced in your field that you want to be an expert in or whatever it is. Um, maybe you feel that way. And my advice to you would be to get started today. And it's funny because I know this information is timeless because it's still as relevant today as what it was 16 years ago when I originally said it. I still remember and live by all the things that I mentioned in this talk. I hope it has an everlasting effect on you and is as valuable for you in your life as it has been in mine. Let's dive in. Hi, my name is Jeremy Kinney, but if you're listening to the CD, then you probably already know me. First off, I want to congratulate you for taking your time to actually listen to the CD. You've already accomplished something great. This is going to be a quick but thorough discussion on personal development. A lot of the ideas I'm going to be talking about are from authors such as Robert Kiyosaki, 
who wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, and lots of others. Most of the knowledge that I found, all from books. So if there's one message I can not emphasize as much as I would like to on, would be to tell you to start personal development right away. And never stop improving. There's so much knowledge out there in the books. This is just going to be a quick half hour or so briefing of what kind of information is out there. If you're interested and and if you are willing to go out there, spend your time and improve yourself. I'm going to have three main subjects separated in different categories. One, I want to start off with goal setting. It's very important that we all have clear, written goals. The second one is going to be about finances in general. Something that the schools plainly don't teach and affects every single person in the world. The world of money. Then we're going to get a little bit deeper and go to category three. And get more specific on the money and talk about real estate. Keep in mind, this isn't uh, everything you need to know course. We're going to start off the first section with goal setting. Goal setting is very important and it's a critical first step. But before I go into that, I'm going to open with a saying from Galileo. Galileo once said, you cannot teach a person something that he does not know. You can only bring what he does know into his awareness. The number one reason why some people achieve way more than others is they are absolutely clear about their goals and objectives and they don't deviate from them. The more clear you are about what you want and how to get it, the easier it becomes to overcome procrastination and achieve your goals. A major reason for procrastination is vagueness. Here is a quote by famous Napoleon Hill. He said, There is one quality that one must possess to win. That is definiteness of purpose. The knowledge of what one wants and the burning desire to achieve it. As we go along, you might want to grab a pen and piece of paper and sit down to write some notes. Listen to the CD several times and you might possibly pick up other things that are interesting to you and relevant each time you listen to it. Here's one great rule for success. Think on paper. Very few people have clear written goals. Those that do can achieve five or ten times as much as people with even the same education and the same abilities. Here is a seven-step process to thinking on paper. Again, you might want to write these down. Afterwards, think about your goals and follow the steps and write down your goals. Step 1. 
Decide exactly what it is that you want. If there's multiple things, then prioritize. There's a difference between a dream and a daydream. The difference is that a dream is written on paper. So that's step two. Write it down. Whatever it is you want, write it down. When you have this as a goal written on paper, it gives you something tangible that you can touch, feel, and see. Without it, it's really just a wish. Step three, set a deadline. Deadlines are very important. Without a deadline, natural procrastination occurs. Everyone's always living on someday aisle. Someday I'll do this, someday I'll do that. You gotta have a deadline. Step four, make a list of everything you have to do. Once you have a list of all the activities involved with reaching your goals within your deadline, the odds of you actually doing them are greatly increased. Step five, Organize your list of things to do into a plan. Now remember, you have to prioritize. When you prioritize, it's always first things first. And second things you do never. Always tackle the most important things first. If you just develop that habit over time you will begin to see your results. Step six, take action immediately. Don't wait. Life's too short. We've already waited long enough. Start taking action right away, especially while all this information is still fresh in your mind. Step seven, work on it every day. You've gotta be consistent. Every single day, Make one small step to move forward and get you one day closer towards achieving your goals. Think of it this way. A termite takes one very small bite out when he bites into the wood of a house. But over time, with a lot of termites, they could eventually eat a whole house. So imagine the potential that you have achieving your small daily goals that are written, planned out, prioritized, and you consistently work on every single day. You see, clear goals actually motivate you into action. So just go ahead, eat the frog, get it behind you, get it over with. And if you have two frogs that you need to eat, eat the ugliest one first. Besides, the second one won't look nearly as bad after you've already eaten an uglier one. So in short, get in habits of writing down your goals regularly, making daily lists, and eating frogs. Wait, 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 Jeremy. I already have my goals written down. I already know what I want to do. I want to become rich. I'm listening to this CD because I want to know how to become rich. 
But I know I can't. I'm destined for failure. Everyone knows that all the rich people just got that way because they have rich parents. Or maybe they got lucky and they fell into wealth. Er, wrong. Let me give you some statistics from The Millionaire Next Door. In this book, they write that 80% of today's millionaires are first-generation millionaires. That means they got it themselves. And fewer than 25% of them had ever received an act of kindness of $10,000 or more from their relatives. Here's another one. 50% of today's millionaires have never spent over $400 on a suit or $235 on a wristwatch. And they're not typically these people that we picture with these big old nice fancy cars and houses. In fact, they actually live well below their means. That's actually one of the cornerstones to becoming wealthy. At least in the beginning it is. Another factor is they allocate their time, their energy, and their money efficiently in ways of conducting wealth. For example, you right now, putting your time and energy to listening to this CD. Things like that, over a long period of time, could dramatically increase all aspects of your life. The third factor is that today's millionaires believe that financial independence is more important than social status. In general, a lot of people with money don't run around flashing it. Those are typically the persons that don't have money. One thing to keep in mind is that wealth is not the same as income. Someone may have a lot of income, but if they spend it all on things to make them look like they're wealthy, they're really not wealthy. Now, over the next half hour, I'm going to be giving you a ton of info. It's going to be a maximum overload. But remember, it's what you do after you get done listening to this CD that will determine your results. Everyone's heard the saying, knowledge is power. Wrong. Applied knowledge is power. Whatever you hear and you learn, you have to apply. It's a process. Nothing happens overnight. The next section of what I'm going to be talking about is finances. I'm going to explain why and how the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. In Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he explains one simple basic to answer this question. The answer is the rich buy assets and the poor buy liabilities. For this purpose, we're going to define an asset as something that puts money into your pocket. And liabilities are the opposite, something that takes money out of your pocket. See, most of us are trained by society to buy liabilities. We don't know anything about assets. We don't own assets. Assets are things such as stocks, bonds, mutual funds, a business, investment real estate, 
liabilities we all know are things such as cars, boats, jet skis, clothes, jewelry, hair, nails, anything that has you constantly forking out your hard-earned money. Now, there's a lot of different reasons why someone should buy assets. Starting off, I'm going to tell you that one of the major differences about types of people that buy assets compared to liabilities is their way of thinking. And that's what Rich Dad Poor Dad mostly focuses on. You see, the rich value their time and the poor value their money. That's why the rich are always trading their money for time while the poor are trading their time for money. For instance, at a McDonald's. I'm sure you've never had a Big Mac from McDonald's that was made by the owner of that McDonald's. He, of course, trades an employee X amount of dollars to be there and run his business for him. That way, he can be out there doing other things such as starting other businesses, making more money. Another benefit to buying assets as opposed to liabilities is assets pay you. So if you were starving, an asset would feed you. And a liability would eat you. One truth about the rich is the rich have their money work for them while the poor middle class work for money. See, if you're always trading your time working for money, you're always going to be working. And who wants to be working forever? The, the day and ages are changing. Our retirement is now in our own hands. We've got to make our own decisions about what we're going to do, when we're going to retire, how we're going to retire. Sadly, not enough people plan their retirement. Most people say, when I retire, my income will go down. That's not what I want to happen. When I retire, I want my income to go up. I want to be able to travel the world. I want to be able to have the free time and the money to enable me to do whatever I really want to at the time. That is retirement to me. Not having a lifestyle that requires $100,000 a year, and then when I retire, only be living on half of that. A great way to look at your money is to look at each dollar that you have as a money seed. What you want to do with that money seed is you want to plant it into an asset to produce future income. It's pretty much going to grow to be a money tree. You see, when you're working, it's always a day's pay for a day's work. But if you take that money and you buy assets with it, you're going to plant money trees that constantly grow you money. While you're sleeping, you're making money. And view it as employees. Each dollar that you have working for you is another employee making you money 24 hours a day while you're on vacation, while you're sleeping, 
while you're doing anything. That's the beauty to buying assets. Imagine if you had all the money that you've ever made in your life. And imagine if this whole time it was also accruing interest, building and growing. You see, the problem is most people only concentrate on their income. They think the problem to their solutions is, oh, I need to make more money. When in reality, an increase in income would only lead to an increase in expenses. Therefore, it would weigh out to be the same. The analogy I like to use is a treadmill. It's like walking on a treadmill. You may be walking, but you're still going nowhere. No matter if you make $1,000 a day, if you spend $1,000 a day on anything that just when you spend it, the value goes down to zero, you're not building any wealth over time, and you're never going to see financial freedom. You're going to always be working to keep buying your liabilities. Sad thing is, once most people get high incomes, all that really does is turn the speed of the treadmill up. Now they have to walk faster on it. Some people are running full. Some people are running full speed day and night and damaging their body, their emotional and mental state, maybe relationships with other people around them or their family suffer because they're on this treadmill running so fast and they can't keep up. Anytime they were to stop, it would just throw them all the way off. Some people are always one or two paychecks away from bankruptcy. You don't want to live like this. You've got to buy assets. You see, it's funny. Most people don't even hesitate to jump into getting in debt to buy a liability such as a car. The way most people look at it is the better the car I can get, the better. Or if they see someone, oh, wow, he's got a nice $20,000 car. People view that as a good thing, not realizing that that is a liability. That's costing you money each month, and you're not getting a very good return on it. But if you were to ask that same person to go into debt to buy a business or a apartment building, they would kind of view that as a little risky. Would you? I mean, with a car, it's a guaranteed lose. There's no way you're going to win. At best, you're not going to have any maintenance problems, and hopefully, when you get it paid off, you can sell it at what you paid for it, which isn't going to happen. At least with an asset, you have a possibility of maybe coming out ahead. There's a saying that goes, the rich turn trash into cash and the poor turn their cash into trash. For instance, everyone has a profit and loss statement, a financial statement. It's kind of similar to a business. If a business brings in $10,000 a night in business, but it costs $10,000 for them to do that business, they're not a very profitable business at all. It's the same thing with us. Even if we make 
$150 a day. If we spend that $150, we're not moving ahead any further in life. At least not financially. You see, all this is very simple and very easy. Of course, if you buy assets over a long period of time, you're going to accumulate some wealth. And if those assets produce income for you, shoot, if you keep buying them, they may end up producing more income than what your job is. At that point, you're financially free. You don't ever have to worry about having a job or any more money ever again, provided you're comfortable with that income and you plan on living that sort of lifestyle forever. See, the number one reason why most people never reach financial independence is because they never think about it. The typical millionaire spends nearly 10 times as much time thinking and planning their money. The second reason is that they never make a goal and commit to it. Again, back to the goal thing. You've got to make a goal. You've got to hold yourself accountable and commit to achieving that goal. The third reason is they're always procrastinating. You've got to stop procrastinating. Make your daily list. Get things done. See, all this is the easy part. Yeah, you can buy assets. You can throw a couple of hundred dollars aside here for this. You can invest in a little bit of real estate here and there. It all sounds good, but what's the catch? I know it can't be that easy. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what the hardest part to this becoming wealthy thing is. The hardest part is delayed gratification. You've got to be able to sacrifice your short-term gain for much greater long-term rewards in the future. Remember, financial independence is more important than your social status. See, discipline weighs ounces, but regret weighs tons. So why not start today? Why not plant our seeds and watch our money trees grow? Who wouldn't enjoy more money in the future? Of course we all would. But the trick to it is making the decision now. You see, we all have two choices to make. When it comes to our financial future, we can either, one, make it happen, or two, let it happen. I don't know about you, but I want to make it happen. Before we jump into the how to buy assets, how do we invest? I'm going to start off with telling you why. Well, of course, the money would be great. Everyone wants to have the finer things in life. But again, remember, the rich value time. You only have so much time here on this earth. The money can also bring you free time. Now, what can you do with that time? I don't know. You tell me. Do you like to ski? Do you like to play basketball? Do you like to dance? What do you like to do? How would you like to have more time to spend with loved ones or more time spending um, doing on the things that you love to do? We all have great things that we would like to do in our life. The saddest thing 
is to get old and realize that we didn't have the time to do them. See, I picture everyone sitting back one day or another and saying one of two things. Either I'm glad I did or I wish I had. So to avoid others getting in that costly mistake, I'm going to start off with some very basics. This is going to lead me to my passion, real estate. I believe everyone should at least own their own home. At least own one home. No matter where you're at, owning property has many, many advantages. I'm going to start off with telling you several unique things about real estate. First of all, one of the best things is leverage. Leverage is a great way to allow you to do more things than what you could possibly do by yourself. Examples are other people's money and other people's time. Them are two of the great forms of leverage that we have to put our financial goals into warp speed. See, we only have so much money, especially if you're working on a tight budget. There's not so much that you can do. If you already work, it's hard for you to spend a whole lot of time. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to use other people's money and other people's time? That's why real estate is so powerful. For instance, if you were to buy a house and put 10% down on the house, the bank is putting the other 90% into the investment. So that's a pretty good leverage ratio. One reason why real estate is a better investment, in my opinion, than your typical mutual fund that most people are approached to buy to better themselves financially is a mutual fund may go up on average, say, 13% per year. So imagine if you had $10,000 to work with. And strictly investment-wise, let's just look at the interest compared to the appreciation of real estate. $10,000 at a 13% interest rate would be $1,300 interest for that year in your mutual fund. Now let's say real estate only goes up 5%. On average, these are pretty close to the average numbers for, for both mutual funds and real estate. Of course, some mutual funds are going to perform better than others, and some places in real estate are going to appreciate at much higher rates. Florida being a prime example. If real estate were to go up 5% and you had $10,000 to work with, you could easily leverage yourself by doing things such as putting 0% down or 5% down or 10% down and buying a house. Let's say for some reason you had to put 10% down. You could still buy a $100,000 house. Even if it only appreciated 
the typical 5%, you're still getting 5% appreciation on your money. That's nearly four times the appreciation of what you would from a mutual fund. Besides, mutual funds are also a lot about timing and things such as the economy. Real estate markets fluctuate also, but values are pretty solid. They don't really go up and down as quick as what a stock would. So they're a little bit more of a better foundation. They're real solid. Now, of course, there are some downsides to real estate. Real estate is very management intensive. If you want to run a 20-unit apartment building, you're looking at a job. You've you've definitely got some work to do. Whereas a, a mutual fund, you can just put your little mutual fund away in your mind and never think about it again. See, with real estate, though, the rewards are far more rewarding. You can do so much with very little. Imagine if you were to get a house at 20% below market value. You can make money when you buy it. You could do some improvements to it to make it worth even 20% more with very little money. Then on top of that, Shoot, you didn't even have to put any money into it. You could fix it up with credit. You can buy the house on credit, other people's money. You can fix the house up on credit, other people's money. You could have realtors sell it. You can have property managers run it, other people's time. And you can just get paid for it the whole time. Let's say, for instance, you were to maximize your leverage. You could buy an apartment building with the bank's money, then move renters in there, which pay you monthly rent, which in return pays the bank for the apartment building. Also, if you made a good investment, the apartment building would and should have positive cash flow. So now you bring in money, extra, extra money every month, Making it a what? An asset. That's right. Putting cash flow in your pocket every single month. The bank bought the building. The renters pay the mortgage off. And you could even hire property managers to watch over the tenants. And to be sure that the mortgage gets paid. Everyone gets paid. And all you have to do is build it and sit back and watch it grow. Just like the money trees I was speaking of earlier. Perfect example of a nice money tree. There are a lot of great ways of looking at real estate to show that it's a very good investment. There are things such as the ability to pull out your equity without selling your product. Such as a mutual fund In order to get your money, you have to actually sell that mutual fund. If you buy a house, build equity in it, whether it's through appreciation or fixing it up, you can pull the equity that you have out and take that money that you spent and put it into another investment, 
while keeping your first investment. That's a great technique that allows you to double leverage. Another great thing about real estate is the tax advantages. Now, real estate has one of the greatest tax advantages for especially the typical person. The regular employee doesn't get very many tax advantages. Did you know that when you sell your home, as long as it was your principal residence for two of the previous five years at the time that you are selling it, you have to pay no taxes on the capital gains. In other words, when you're selling your home, if you look back at the past five years, if you've lived in your house for a total of two years, whatever you make profit off of your house is tax-free. Those two words go great together, don't they? Tax-free paycheck. Big numbers. When you're dealing with saving 50% off of Diet Pepsi, comparing that to saving 20% off of an oceanfront property, there's commas in the oceanfront property. I tell you what, that's a big tax-free paycheck. Now keep in mind, this isn't so much of a how-to Type of workshop. This is just designed to spark the interest and give a broad overview of some of the advantages and some great habits of investing, personal development, and just getting in tune with what it is you want in life and how to get it. You may be wondering, what's in it for me for making a CD like this? Why would I want other people to know? Zig Ziglar has a saying that goes, you can have everything out of life that you want if you will just help enough people get what they want. I believe that's a great theory. I really believe that's the way the world works. Everyone's trying to worry about themselves and therefore the laws of the universe don't work in their favor. It's funny, some people live their life, their whole life, trying to work hard to get money their whole life and they end up dying with no money. Some people work hard to get money until they're old and then when they're old, they spend all their money on health care to take care of their body that they took advantage of and deprived when they were young and working for their money. It's a meaningless circle. Besides, has anyone ever heard the philosophy about how humans only learn 10 to 20% of what you hear and see? But a person will remember 95% of what they teach. For instance, if you have kids and they're in school, I challenge you to have your children come home and teach you what they learn in school every single day. 
and watch the dramatic improvement in the kids' academic lives. They can't teach you something that they don't know. It's also going to give them an incentive to take extra attention to learn it because they know that they're going to have to be teaching it. And then after they teach it, it will be internalized. Similar to me teaching others through CDs right now. Here's another great challenge for you. We're going to put this theory to the test. I challenge you, while this material is fresh in your head, go talk to two other people about the same type of stuff that's in the CD. As a matter of fact, take your notes that you've written down, figure out the format, maybe put things in your own words, and go to another person that you think could benefit from hearing this positive information and take the time to explain this to that person. It might even show that you care. But watch as you teach these people as you begin to internalize it yourself. And slowly, your brain will continue to change. Now remember, this is all put in simplest form. None of this is get rich quick. There is no fast way to get rich. If so, everyone would do it. Compare it to the tortoise and the hare. It wasn't the hare that won the race. It was the tortoise. Like the treadmill theory. Even if you're walking on a treadmill, you're not going anywhere. And if you're running on a treadmill, you're just working hard and you're not going anywhere. But imagine someone just coming along very slow with a slow, constant pace and moving forward. Over the course of 30 years, they're going to leave that person on that treadmill far behind. So hopefully, by this point, you have some goals already thought out, written down, with some plans to achieve them. I honestly hope that you achieve every single one of them. But let me be honest with you, it's not an easy ride. It's not an overnight thing. There's, there would be no point of life if life was just like that. But if you're doing the math and you're trying to thinking of where you can be six months, a year from now, or five years from now, you have to keep in mind the power of compound interest. Albert Einstein said the greatest mathematic equation is the power of compound interest. Something similar to that. A great way to view it is everyone's heard of the little story where you ask someone if they would rather have a penny every day that doubles for a month or $500,000. Which one would you rather have? The $500,000 sounds very appealing, especially when you're comparing it to a penny doubling for a month. But through the power of compound interest, in just one month, one penny can add up to over a million dollars. That shows how strong compound interest really is. Now you gotta remember, 
at the beginning of the month, it starts off very, very slow. Shoot, a week goes by, and, and you're probably only up to a dollar. But over time, it's the snowball effect. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But remember, you've got to be able to foresee into the future and decide that those greater rewards in the future are worth my short-term sacrifices. The hardest part is to delay the gratification for great rewards in the future. So in review, we all need to come at one with ourselves and figure out what we were put on this earth to do. Who are we supposed to be? What are we supposed to do here on earth? What are our goals? What do we need to do to accomplish them? There are lots of different ways of looking at success, not just financial. You've got physical success. You've got family success, business success, such as financial success. There are a lot of different ways to look at it, and it's all in the eyes of the beholder. But whatever that is, write down your goals and take action to achieve them immediately. I'm going to leave this with one last quote from an old philosopher. He said, We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. So with that in mind, figure it out. Whatever you want, figure that out and light that burning desire and chase after it and never, ever stop. Thanks for tuning in to the Awareness Revolution Podcast. Be the change you wish to see in the world.